Hi everyone, welcome back to Real Talk About Feminism podcast. This is episode 63. We had the opportunity to sit down with Mark Warnick. He is a creative and he runs a media company that is focused on living life intentionally. And we really love that message and we're excited for you guys to hear it. Yeah, we talked about um, kind of what it means to live life intentionally, how he defines feminism as a man and kind of how his life experiences shaped his definition of feminism and his view of it. So it was a great conversation and we're really excited for you guys to hear it. So here it is. Welcome Mark to the Real Talk About Feminism podcast. We are so excited to chat with you. I'm excited too. I'm I'm nervous. I'm nervous, but I'm excited. It'll be great. Mark has a podcast of his own, so he's often on the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, so I totally get the nerves. Yeah, it's so much easier on the other side of things when you're creating it. To be the the guest, um, this is one of the first times, so it's it's always unnerving for me. Yeah, we totally get that. We were actually kind of guests on like we did a little speaking thing a few weeks ago and um, that was the first time we've ever been on the other end of it. And it was nerve wracking <laughs> leading up to it. So yeah, totally get it. Well, let's start with you introducing your business and introducing yourself a little bit. Okay. I will, <laughs> as we, as we get into this, I'll probably just give like a disclaimer that I, I have ADHD and so I, I go often go all different places and I'll forget what I'm talking about. And that's kind of how I describe myself actually. When you look at all the stuff that I do, I, I would just call myself a creative. Um and I do a ton of different things inside of that. Uh the art is on all different kind of mediums. But um a couple of years ago I started a media company called 3V um that's centered around creating content for living life. Uh, intentionally. And that kind of spans podcasts, um, YouTube videos, and um, culminating into an annual print magazine that I uh, I release. I'm working on volume 36. So they kind of track each year in my life. And it's things that I've learned. Um, but then also a few years ago, I started in, um, interviewing other artists and entrepreneurs and kind of letting them describe their path that they've created. So um, yeah, I'm just always doing new things. Um, I'm always pushing myself and always, uh, just exploring things that make me uncomfortable. I think that's how I describe it. So I love that. I think that sometimes people get stuck in a box of defining like, Oh, I, I'm, I'm just a musician or I just am a painter or a podcaster um, but I think that it's really cool that you define yourself as a creative because you don't limit yourself in that way and you express yourself in a lot of different ways, which is awesome. And so I, I will pause on that for a second. Cause I think it's, it, it's really hard, um, in a world where we want people to specialize, to be a generalist. And, um, but I also think that the flip side is important that, um, the generalists are usually like super powerful in any team that they're going to be on because they uh, operate uh, amongst all the specialists and, and you need that that uh, role and it's often overlooked um, and and so as a, as a, uh, a generalist or someone that just does a lot of things I, it's easy to think like well I don't ha- I don't add value um, because I do so many things I don't do anything one thing really well I just do a ton of different things and have the more of a diversity in the creative stuff. And that could be hard. Um, like I said, uh, society really um, elevates specialists, especially like if you're trying to do something new, everyone's like, just pick one thing and do it. And that was always the challenge for me is I just do so many things. I, I could never just do one thing. And so I have over the last like eight years kind of crafted a way of doing a bunch of things and making that make sense under one umbrella. Um, So the reason I say that is because there's a lot of people like me that maybe look down on themselves for doing so many things. And uh, I think just if you're patient and 
give yourself some slack, then um, there's a lot of opportunity for being able to have a, a wide range of things that you want to do. And don't be, don't be afraid of, of being that if that's what you are. Don't try to make yourself, oh, I need to be a specialist. Just, I, I guess that's another like topic or theme for me is being your full self is the earliest you could do that is the best way to create the life that you'll really actually love. So. That's so great. All your content you produce is so beautiful though. Like your print magazine, I have it. Like we'll post it on the story. Mm -hmm. It's so beautiful because you have your pictures, which are so clear and perfect and you have your writing yeah. and your voice really comes through in your writing. So I think it's great. And your YouTube videos are the same exact way. So I know you say, yeah. you just said like, you don't always feel like you're producing the best content because you're generalizing. Like it might not be the best if you were specializing, but I have to disagree with that. Yeah. It's like <laughs> top you. tier. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I mean, it's taken a long time. I think that's the other thing too, is you look at stuff like, like I said, I've been doing the magazine for eight years and it's easy to forget. Um, you know, that's a long time to be doing a thing. <laughs> Uh, and we, we talked, you know, and I was up there, uh, recently and, and you guys doing the podcast for a year, like, you know, it took me a year to produce the first magazine, um, and, and anything to like go into and, and, and spend a year is, is a real investment. And, and yeah, so it's not a, um, it, but we easily compare, where we're at with where someone else is at and we forget the amount of time that they've spent um, building that path and going down that journey. So it's easy to, to overlook that. It is because I feel the same way. And I know Haley does too. We talk about it all the time. Like everybody in the world, it seems like on social media has everything instantly. And we don't see all the behind the scenes of the years of investment of time and money and patience that they put into their business and their content. And so we've really had to learn to be patient and realize that like even small things are huge because we're working so hard on it. Yeah. So celebrate I, the little things. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know you, you have other things that you want to get to, but like, these are all the things that like really resonate with me that I, I think, um, is so a lot of what I look at, even even when I started the magazine, um, I knew that it would be a decade before anyone would ever realize what I'm doing. And then another decade after that, before anything really takes off. And so right off the bat, just operating on that level, it's so counter culture. Like you were saying, everything about Instagram, social, like everything now is it, it, it's here and gone. And, and it's just about relevancy in the moment. And attention span has gone down and I've just leaned into the exact opposite to say like, I'm okay with the fact that it'll take 20 years for people to go, why has this guy been doing this stuff? So that's like one side of it is, is the, the creation allowing it to take time, but then also in the oper operation of it, my whole purpose of setting this up was what were things that mattered 50 to hundred years ago and matter today. And when you start looking at things in terms of decades, then you're going to create something that has a chance of being relevant 50 to 100 years from now. And, and this idea of like learning to live life intentionally was so core to humanity. Everyone gets to some point in their life when they just wake up and go, how did I get here? It's not where I wanted to be. And that moment of being able to make alterations and, and make minor decisions that build to a path you want to go I think is fundamental when you look back in history. I think everyone is going through that and it's only going to be more important. Um, so the content I make, I feel like I try and make stuff that's timeless, that is evergreen, that even though I've made it when I'm 30, when I'm 80, I think it'll still have um, a dominance in, in society that people could put, pick up that magazine, that it could still be designed in a way that, that carries forward. And the content itself could resonate with people. I mean, cause even you think about, and I'm sorry, I know I'm getting off on a track, but this is like core of like what I really care about. I've been so affected by people that have passed. Like I've read books by people that are no longer alive. Uh, I, I, the, the, you know, best example it, to me is my grandpa. He is no longer alive. And yet his life story was something that I took with me through my twenties and showed people as he was still alive, but he's gone now. 
and his words and his life still resonate with me. And I just believe like that's, I'm trying to create things that allow people, you know, as I'm gone, that can still resonate and can still help them when I'm past. My mind can still affect people for the better. I feel like I've found a way to navigate life in a really, really great way. And, and it's not, a, I'm, I'm content in the moment that I'm in. And I think that's really what people are searching for. And I think in a hundred years when I'm dead, I think people will still want that. And, and the, my hope is that this stuff that I create can even resonate with just one person um, and help them have a better life or, or to resonate something in themselves and make a change. Uh, I don't know. It's as simple as that. It's um, yeah. I think our impact is far reaching. So. I love that. I think like you both touched on the culture of our society right now is just get everything now. Like we want it now. Attention span is so, so low. That's why TikTok is so successful. Mm -hmm. Um, And people are just kind of going through their day-to-day lives and moving through and getting done what they need to get done and not thinking about that long-term and thinking about how you can live your life in a way that will truly make you happy. And so I love that that is what you are doing and that's what you're showing and teaching. And it really is timeless and it will impact people for years and years and years because the root of what you're doing, everyone's going to always be able to relate to that mm-hmm. at some point in your life. Like I know that like I'm 20, Kent is 21. And right now we're at a point in our lives where we're like in college and we're trying to figure out what we want to do. And a lot of times people, at least around me, um, you know, in your twenties, it's like, go party, go have fun. Don't settle down, do whatever you want to do. But at some point you get to a point where you want to figure out what you're doing in life. And I think that is what everyone can relate to. Like, what do I want to do? What is the intention behind my day to day? And like, what is my purpose? Well, and th- this is where I want to like spin, spin the idea. Cause I think so many of us are like, Oh, we, we look at the bad and we're like, Oh, it's so bad. TikTok's short. It's like ruining things. But I actually think the opposite. I think that because of these things, it's actually driving the age to that turning point way down. So now people in their twenties and I mean, I was in my late twenties when I did this and I, I, I felt like lucky that I'm only 20. I'm going to live for another 70 years. Like there's so much time. And when you're young, you feel like there's not time, but the, the younger you start to, de- to be self-aware of the life that you want, then that just like, it, it, it like, uh, extends your life so much more because you're not even realizing how young you are. And so th- the fact that this TikTok and everything is driving us, I think it's it's causing that feeling. Here's what I'd say is people can't articulate. And I think this is what I have learned over the last you know eight years of doing this is that I've learned a way to articulate what people are, are feeling and that's what they resonate with. And so when they have this TikTok and when you're young, you don't have the vocabulary but then when you are presented with, you know, this intentional living, you're like, oh, that, that resonates and you don't know why uh, at the moment, right? But, but hearing this, it like turns something and starts to help you to be able to articulate. So I, those are the two things that I'd say is that, that I just don't see, I'm, I live life in the positive and I, I'm not naive to things, but I, I think we miss that instead of focusing on that TikTok has changed society, it's that it's also made the positive of younger generations saying, what do I actually want to do? I can do. It's made opportunities that you don't have to just work at Burger King or be a janitor, that you can create value for people and businesses in a new way. And I just think that we overlook that that piece and, and that, yeah, the younger age coming down and thinking more critically creates that much more road for you to, to, to create the life that you enjoy and that you love and be more self-aware. So I think there's, there's way more positives than negatives of uh, the effects of, of what's happening today. Yeah. One, one thing I'll add is that I love your concepts because it's unique. Like we don't really hear anymore about 
creators and creatives and influencers like trying to create something that is timeless and that will last for decades and centuries but like living life intentionally like Haley was saying like you're saying like everybody can relate to that at some point in their life so I think it's really cool we thought it would be interesting to get your take on um how you define feminism as a man and if you've seen any examples of how men can kind of participate in that movement because it's not just limited to women so what are your thoughts on that how would you define it yeah i i have so many thoughts (laughs) um uh so i would say that to me feminism is is really about uh dismantling the dogma of society right so dogma is is living with other people's decisions and i think so much of our society today was really built in the 50s uh you that's when like really the the you know the madman marketing started to really um carve or, or orchestrate like how society was was evolving and changing and and it's a very specific time that a lot of a lot of places are still locked in mentally and so feminism the what really excites me about it is that it breaks down um what looks like this perfect era uh and and it really devalued so much of of different humans like and women being part of it being a huge part that over centuries like oh in our history of of being human i feel uh women um so much have been pushed aside and and it's been a man's world and what i love about feminism is is that it's recognizing that like i said the 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 extreme on either end is always an unhealthy place and so what we're trying to do is help rebalance the unbalanced world that we've had where it's been a, a man male dominated voice and predominantly white and so what has happened um in in our society is recognition as we're exposed to these new perspectives we're like oh wow there's there's more that i can learn as a man from women and their perspectives that i would never this is why i started following you guys i would never have the perspective of a 20 year old woman like i'd never be able to be exposed to what you go through and what challenges you have and and partly as like a someone who loves you know, technology and the evolution and seeing where things are going, being able to look back at the youth, at what's happening and how they're interacting, you're going to be um, the predominant group in just a few years. And and being able to see how that shift happens, I think is important. So all, all coming back to like, I, I, I really believe that societies are improved by introducing um, more female voices mostly because I think that women in general seem to possess so much compassion and empathy that doesn't come natural for a lot of males. And a lot of men don't have those natural tendencies. And um, by exposing it, it can help bring that out in me. And, And obviously this like hits home for me. I grew up Um, so I have three sisters and then two brothers and I'm the youngest. And most of my time when I was really young, my formative years were really spent, you know, with, you know, your mom, my sister. And there's so many ways in which my brothers would be mean to me and my sisters were, were there. And I really felt like I grew up around them and I was best friends with my mom and my dad was working three jobs. And so it was hard to have time with him. But I, I really feel like, it, and the closest relatives were um, like five cousins that were all girls. And so I spent so much of my life around women. And to me, just th- there's so much just caring and love that, um, and, and sorry, I don't mean to like take so much time on this, but it's also one of the things that's been hard for me to navigate as a man, because I don't generally fit in with most men's thinking i i i struggle to feel at home with 
talking about normal conversation with men. I always, even, you know, as I was, when I was married, I would always gravitate to talking to the wives and, and the women because to me, like the conversations are just so much more interesting there. I like talking about feelings. I like talking about, uh, you know, caring about what's happening. And most male conversations are about not thinking. And, and that's totally general and it's not for everybody. But um, I, I, I just think that there's um, so much positive in involved with, with, with women but also they themselves are so em empathetic that it's about other people. So by, by lifting up women, the women are going to lift up other people. Like it's just common sense to me. Like this is why societies are always built around women. Like they, they are the ones that really invite, you know, everything it, at their core. I just think they naturally do that. So I, I don't know, I'm rambling a lot of it, but I think maybe pieces of those might resonate with, with certain people. That's why I think feminism for me is really important is I think these voices need to be heard because they only introduce more voices. And that helps us all be exposed to different perspective and to be able to evolve our, our thinking, be able to evolve our beliefs, our assumptions. And I, that's at the core, the purpose of life, in my opinion, is challenge your assumptions to create better beliefs. And I'm only know my perspective. And so being exposed to other perspectives that I could never have helped me to gain information um, to be able to make decisions based on the new information. Would you say that? Sorry. No, no, that was great. Would you say that your perceptions and feelings about feminism have changed since having a daughter? I think that's a good question. I think the, the, precursor to that that I wanted to mention was I think a big change happened by being married to my ex-wife and so we're recently divorced and um we're really good friends and I there's no one I respect more than her and um I think she's a very strong woman and I love that I love her being able to own her originality and have always supported that. And, um, and not in a, like, it's my turn. It's just, this is me. Um, just a natural, uh, but also in just like this loving way. And so I think that was like, to me, a, a huge evolution of like, even just being introduced to like new ways of thinking, because I like to talk, I'd like to talk to her and she would share, you know, growing up, as a, as a man, like it just, we, we live different lives than women and what do you have to deal with and go through? I, I was so blinded to, and not, not for anything, but just sheer ignorance. And so I think being exposed to her was a, was a great moment of, um, of opening up to this different world that helped me, um, realize the inequalities that are, um, I think, um, transparent, um, not, not well known in, in society. And it's, so I think that was a bigger thing, but then having a, a daughter, I would definitely say made me feel, um, very, I don't know. It's very interesting to navigate having a daughter and wanting to help protect, but then also um, not sheltering and not, um, I, so here's what I'll say about that. I think growing up in, um, in a very religious household that's very traditional, the way that they spoke about women was and I don't want to, I'm not saying anything negative about it, but it was, it was masked in respect. Um, and, and I think there's a subtlety that happens when, oh, we want to protect and, 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 and really there's some aspect that protecting is really, and the sheltering was keeping them from maybe paths that they could have, have gone down. And so I'm trying to counter 
like chivalry and being respectful and kind to being inequality as well. And I know it's, it's a weird thing to kind of bring up, but I think as a man, sometimes what you're trying to do is out of good intentions to, of, of respectfulness, but it also can undermine um, a woman's ability to like do her own thing and, and be independent. And if that makes sense, I don't know, that's like a really weird uh, piece, but. Um... No, I, I actually totally agree with you on that. I, you put it into words very well. Um, I don't know if I'll really dive into it, but I think that that is really interesting and I definitely agree. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting to hear um, stories from other people who have grown up in like traditional religious households, because I feel like a lot of people feel the same way. Um, so I wanted to go back to what you were saying about the two extremes and how they're bad. And I think that that really highlights something about the feminist movement that we always try and talk about and bring awareness to about how extreme feminism, like you're saying, extreme on both ends, it's just unhealthy and it's, um, it's just not good. And so the thing that is so great about the feminist movement now is that it's all about equality. And so like you were saying, just like trying to bring up men and women to be equal and to work together because historically it really has been and still is a white patriarchal society and so i like that you touched on the fact that equality is the best thing and that's what we're fighting for and i think that that's really great yeah and i also that just reminded me that in all of your content I really appreciate how you bring in diverse points of view. You have women, you have people of color, you have people that have different paths of life than you. And so I think it's really cool that when you bring up women to share their voices and give them a platform to share who they are and their about their lives, like it's really empowering in that way. And you really do that. And so I think it's really great to have like all different points of view in especially your magazine and your podcast. Yeah, thank you. I, I I think that's really important. One of my one of my uh, really good friends, Sage, who's a photographer, um, she's in the next magazine, and I'm um, excited to kind of share the the connection I have with her because that that's one thing that I love about her. She's in the fashion industry, and her comment. I was saying the same thing to her. I was like, she she's very diverse. Uh, you know, people of color. And of all sizes, and 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 even in her fashion shows, I that I've been, I did videos um, for them in the last fashion show they did, and there's a lot of skepticism, or or not, um, there's a lot of chatter around the way that she has purposefully exposed different, a, a diverse set of of models, and she purposefully did that, and very intentional, and because she said as a creator you have the opportunity to change the industry by doing and and i and so that that's like the thing for me too is like i think about that as i'm creating my content and that's why i was like my, i can only meet at first it was just my story and it's always going to be white male story and i'm like but i have a creating something that really is about more than me and how do i expand beyond that and i and i try and look for people in the to 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 showcase in the magazine so that when i i have a lot of my voice in there and i'm it's always going to be through it and that's fine but it's also again like partnering with other people this to to showcase like collaboration and connection with other people together makes um everything better in my my mind so i i appreciate you pointing that out it is very it is something that as i started the um at first it was just documenting my journey, but as I wanted to say, like, how do I get to the next level? How do I really push myself? Um, I think, I think people often, you know, we talked about kind of stagnation and people liking to be comfortable and staying in their zone. I think one of the best things that you could do in life is constantly make yourself uncomfortable. And the best way to do that is just expose yourself to people that actively don't like what you like. And it's easy to be curated in, in Twitter and Instagram and, and TikTok to all the things and, and all the self-attributing um, things that you like. 
And I, I really, I have a, one of my friends, Wayne, who, uh, he uses social media. He's like, I would never be exposed to, you know, these type of people. And so he purposely follows people that think outside of his natural way of thinking. And he's like, I, I would never have this train of thought. I could never do it on my own. And so the only way that I'm going to get there is being exposed to new information by other people. And I definitely think that a lot of what I, what my story is about is about empowering you as an individual. And again, why I think I, this is a message I, I think is really important and it goes in line with feminism. That's, that's what feminism is about too. It's about not that, not just that society hasn't allowed us or hasn't allowed women to have a voice, but that your voice is in, is something that is meaningful, even if other people don't accept it. I, I, I did a tweet the other day. I said, your, your worth is not based on someone else's acceptance of you. And I, I just think at, at the core, that's really the powerful message of feminism. And what I want my daughter to, to know is that you, you're not dependent on other people to make your worth. Um, and, and the best way to do that is exposing yourself to other people to, enliven you and to to change and and open yourself to new parts that maybe you wouldn't have have known otherwise yeah I love that and I kind of do that too because I'm so interested in other people's lives and their opinions because I I do like to branch out and I think it's important to learn from others and that's a beautiful thing about social media is we have literally millions and millions of people that we can interact with that we would never have a chance to meet before the internet and before social media. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that opening ourselves up to change and being willing to change and see different perspectives is really important. I'm thinking about the example of um, current events, what's going on right now with um, abortion rights and reproductive rights. And you touched on this, but like growing up in a very religious household in Christianity, like abortion is bad. Mm -hmm. And so growing up, like that's what I always thought. And I know that's what you thought too, because we grew up in the same household, like Mm -hmm. abortion is bad and um, it's murder and like, it's, it's not okay. But seeing being out in the real world and seeing like no like it's not about that issue it's about it's about feminism it's about women's rights being taken away and um women bring being brought down and not being equal like yet again and so i think that that's been heavy on my mind right now just because it's current events and it's what's going on right now but in that aspect that's a huge way that i've been able to change because growing up in high school like i really thought oh it's bad because that's what I was taught and that's what I was surrounded by, but it's not. And I just opened myself up to see a different perspective that I never was able to see before. Mm. That, so that right there is the core of what it means to live life intentionally. The core is that we've, and this is the, the, the experience that I had in my late twenties is I, uh, I talk about this in, in the intro, um, for the magazine. I, I had grown up with, with the, we all grow up being given different assumptions that we create as our beliefs. And, and the, the scary part is that if we just blindly accept them and because they've been given to us, then that is not intentional living, right? That is, that is just have, and it's not that it's bad. It's, there's, I think that's what we have to get away from is that the good, good versus bad is not the right conversation that we need to be having. And, and again, that, that goes to the core of living life intentionally. It, it's about challenging your assumptions to create better beliefs. So this is exactly I, what you're talking about. Growing up, you'd been given the assumption or the belief that, that abortion is bad. And, the, the, and this, like I'd say, challenging your assumptions and self-awareness are the two things. And so by challenging the assumptions, you're like, how do I feel about that information? Let, let me take that out, break it apart from what I've been told it is. Let me validate for myself this assumption. Um, talk to different sources, like talk to people that have had it, talk to people that haven't, right? Like 
talk to all different types of people, use that new information that you didn't have before to create new beliefs moving forward. Because you're, and I think one of the, the things I wrote about in this next issue that I think really resonated with me over the last year was teaching um, people, but specifically as a father, teaching my children how to update your thinking is the most vital thing. They're gonna get things from me that are probably dated when by the time they are 20 and going off in their life. And and I can only give them the things that I have, um, but it's it's about helping them realize how do I take new information and create different outcomes, right? How do I change my thinking and evolve it over time? And that I think is the core that I really try and think of. And that that is the human evolution. And what happens is as people get older, is they start to kind of like form a chrysalis around what they've done and like, no, don't don't impact this because I'm scared. It's it's not an easy thing to to challenge those core beliefs. It's very, very scary, especially the first time. This these are the things that like I, I way back prehistoric, like survival things, like don't eat this thing, it'll kill you. Like these aren't these are instincts as humans that we've evolved to be able to keep us alive. So it's not again, not about good or bad. It's, it's about challenging those things and to be able to ex- experience new ways of thinking. Um, so exactly what you were talking about, I felt like is the core of what it's about um, exposing yourself and, and being willing to change. But the first stage is just understanding, like, why do I have this assumption? And catching yourself of like, oh, I've always I always thought that I could go to college. Like, why did I always think it was for me, but it wasn't expected on my my sisters? Like, and, and again, this isn't about judgment on people or things that you've heard. Is This is completely unjudgment zone. And it's just about, you know, recognizing the things you've been given. And, you know, how do I feel about them? What What does that mean to be able to then either recognize that that belief helps you moving forward or to recognize that there's holes in what you've been told and maybe I need more information there. So I think that's a core part of. Yeah. And like you said, self-discovery and figuring out what you really believe and how you want to live your life. It is really scary. And I'm really in the thick of that right now. And I talk to my therapist about this all the time because it is, it's scary to go to think differently than what you've known your whole life or what you've seen around you, it's terrifying. And it's really hard to not let, like, in my mind, I think everyone around me is going to be disappointed and everyone's going to judge me for thinking a different way or doing something different than what I was told growing up. But it is really powerful. And I'm trying to get over those the feelings that I think other people are going to have about what I'm doing. And I'm just trying to get over that and realize that when I am able to harness what I truly believe for myself and who I am Mm. as a person, then it'll be like the most powerful version of me and it'll be great. Yeah. And I also think living in that, like recognizing that that feeling, if you, to me, if you live your life, right then that feeling will probably never go away if you're always like once you wake up to life like it's it's crazy how you just like everything is the same and yet it's viewed completely different you it's it um and you can't go back to sleep uh you know there's a lot of times when i'm like man it's it's it would be really easy to just you know sail through life and not challenge my thinking and I wish that I could sometimes because it's, again, I don't want to face the hard things, but I I think that's how people get lost and forget who they are because every, the reason I bring this up is that you're, you're 20 now, I'm 37. I feel the same as when I was 20. I don't have anything else figured out anymore. I'm always learning new things. And that is the kind of life that is enjoyable like recognizing that getting rid of the idea that you have like control is an illusion really and and we want to feel like we have control and i think when you 
let go of that and just allow yourself the the unknown um there's it's scary but it's also enlivening and um it it creates a space for you to always be new and and the truth is like every 10 years every seven to every seven years i think uh, the science is like your cells are completely different so you actually are a different person and what i've been talking about is that you know every seven to ten years you really have to come to understand who you are because you're evolving into someone else and it takes time to be able to say like whoa like i'm i'm different now 37 than i was at 27 than i was at 17 right and each stage it's not about again it's not about good or bad like i was a bad person now i'm a good person it's that like what is what's still great and what has improved and what do i miss and right i don't have a you know i i can't just like eat whatever and have a six pack anymore like that that's gone that's not there anymore and i and it's about acceptance of that being like this is my body and it allows me to do what i need to do in life and yeah i i i, I wish i still had that but i don't and i'm not going to worry i'm not going to waste any of my energy on these things that don't really, I'm not going backwards. I'm not going to have, I can work on my body and I can work out and try and be fit, but I still have a 37 year old body. I'm not 20 and I won't be, and I, I don't need to waste any time with a desire to be right. If that makes sense. And I think people get locked in, in what they were in their history. Like I was good at 20, but, but what I try to do is like flip it forward and like, I look really great to me at 55. I'm going to be so happy. Like at all, like when you flip it around that way, you look at yourself with much kinder eyes. It's easy to look back and be like, I was, yeah, you were younger. <laughs> of course you were different. You had youth, like, but you're going to think that same thing at 37. You're going to look back to, to, you know, 20 and be like, how did I not love what I was at that moment? Like I was, you know, all this and that. So and I think that's a message very much that I, I think is really important for women because society has formed so much of what women should think. They should be locked in their 20s and, and you always should feel like you're younger. And, and I, I think, again, this goes back to like the dogma, part of like the live life intentionally is breaking free of these barriers that were set up in a time that that wasn't really a healthy time. Like we look nostalgically at the, at the past as if it was wonderful and it was just as chaotic as today. And we forget because we, you know, push those, those uh, things in the back of our head and we don't deal with the stresses of back then, but you'll, you're going to wake up at 37 and feel exactly like you do right now. And you'll feel as young and as youthful and as complicated <laughs> and is not figured out as you do right now. And, and I don't know, that's just like such a wonderful way to live, to not, to not feel stressed that you have to be, it's not about being anything. It's about like the fact that you have a day to live. And, and that's just such a beautiful moment. There's nothing outside of it. Thank you so much for sharing all that. I, I think this will really resonate with a lot of our audience because I definitely like a lot of this has made me think about certain things of my life. So I think it's a really great message that you're sharing. Yeah. So I wanted to go back to something real quick and I know I, I feel like I'm talking a lot and I, I do talk a lot. Um, and I, I know you had other questions, but I want, one of the things you asked about, about feminism and as a man, like the practicality, I'm really big around, I'm big on, I talk a lot. I do a lot of talking, but I also really believe that um, action over words is always better. Like talking's great, but it it it's the action, it's the the act of doing that we we learn by doing. We learn so much in our lives before we can even comprehend or talk to other people. Like like so much happens by doing. And so uh, this is what I want to explain that I think uh, I'm writing about in my um, next volume about leaving a relationship with love. Um, and so as a man leaving, uh, getting a divorce is amicable divorce. We are trying to work through it together. Uh, like I've said, I, 
we we keep saying like came into the relationship with love and we're leaving with love. And the point that I want to make is what it looks like to be as a male to be a feminist. Um, I think there's some of these pieces that can really help people on the practicality. So as a baseline, one of the things that I've um, was reading a book uh, called uh, Down Girl, um, The Logic of Misogyny. And they talk about the, the transparency of the inequality in pay. Um, and I think this is really important. This is like really resonated with me because it, it's, not like, it's not like companies are out there saying, we don't want to pay you more. It's not as, it's not as blatant as that. Um, it's hidden in the fact that, for instance, uh, Anita and I are the same age. Um, we graduated college, same time. We started having kids, right? She stayed home and I went to work. Um, so let's give the scenario that we're both have a, have a, a, a job. She, because she physically births the children, she will be out. And even if I'm, you know, I, I do have like paternity leave, but there's this moment of like, they will be out for a while because they just gave birth. And when you're out, like you're not in conversations, like you're, and for a long time, um, if you're, so it wasn't as easy as that. It's like, if you're up for a promotion, I was talking to my, my uh, brother, Uncle Rob about this. Uh, promotions don't happen like whenever they can. Like most of the times in big companies, they're, you know, it's quarterly or, you know, sometimes annually. So if you miss that because you're out for a baby and you're not there to like lobby for yourself and to say, these are the things that I was doing so much is like in context of like, what have you done for me lately in, in business? And so if you're not, physically there, you're out because you had a baby, you're not in conversation. And so when they're talking about promotions, you miss that promotion. Now it's, you know, what, six months, a year. And now you're as the, your, your peer was there and got that promotion. And, and, and it wasn't like, you know, so it's not as malicious as we don't want to pay you. It's the dynamics change. And a lot of times I know that you've talked about this on previous episodes. Um, taking kids to the doctor like they have an emergency who takes them usually mom to who's leaving the meetings who's not there in the discussions right so it's it's these little pieces these little actions throughout an aggregate that the discrepancy happens and so i say all of that as a baseline that like as i'm coming to realize this and that was completely transparent to me i i didn't once but once i've seen it now i can like look at it and go wow like Okay, this makes more sense. It's not. It's not as blatant as you, we're not going to pay you. That those things do happen, and I'm not saying that that's not there. But there's a bigger piece of how we operate society. So knowing that, as we're separating and and you know divorce, I now have been in a technical degree for 12 years, and you know I'm you know a senior level and have moved up. She's stayed at home and and been with the kids for a lot of that. Um, and you know she has her own her own job. Um, she's a artist and you know makes uh, her her career doing that, being her own boss. And w as we were leaving, my approach, what I tried to take, and she did the same thing. Like she just naturally, and this again it goes back to like I think women naturally have a lot of this mindset. My approach was like, I'm going to be okay. I will be okay. And so many people around me were like, you need to make sure that, you know, you have the money and this and that. And I'm like, look, she's a single mom now, Latina, like doing a self-run business. Like how more can you stack the odds against her? Like I am a white male, been in a technical degree at a senior level mm -hmm. for the last 12 years, you know, decade. I'm going to be okay. I get bonuses. I get time off. Like recognizing that and saying, if if she is struggling, my kids are struggling, right? Her not succeeding is my children not succeeding. Like this is the mindset that I think what it means to be a feminist. Like is these 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 things that like no one's out there saying like, you know, we talked. I know you guys talked about this. If I go to the park with my kids. Wow, he's a great he's a great husband. He's a great father. Like that's amazing. Meanwhile, the the mom does it every single day of their lives, and it's like, what do you mean you're tired? Like, yeah, you, you have your work to do. Like, it's 
the discrepancies here. And so like, as a man, I tried to go into it giving more than I've received, which I've already received so much. And I think this is important to explain is, is I knew I was going to be okay. And I was trying to do everything that I could to overextend, to counter for the, you know, this person that I love, like, why do I want them? I, I have zero interest in anyone being, uh, not having love. Like I, you know, I don't know, like, that's like the philosophy, but I think it's really important. Like all the, the decisions we were making, I was approaching it with, I'm going to be okay. Let's make sure she's okay. And she was doing the exact same to me, even though, and this is what women do because they've been trained to like help the man. Um, and I don't know if that's necessarily what was happening. It was just her caring for me and been wanting to be like, I don't want to ruin you. And having that dynamic between the two, to me, that's like, that's true unconditional love. It was not conditional that we love each other back. It was not conditional that we had a romantic relationship. And to get to that level of understanding that she didn't need to do anything for, to earn my love, like her being her is, is, is that is enough. And I want to do everything that I can to make sure to help her in, in this. And there are so many people that are like, well, you know, what does the state say that you need to give? I don't care what the state says. Like, let me talk with her. Like, let's figure out what, you know, how can I help you? Uh, I don't know. And I think that like in practicality, when you look at the actions, like when, when things happen with the kids, I'm like, Hey, let me take them to the dentist because I get time off. I can leave a meeting. You're a, a you know, a self-employed person. If you're not working, a lot of times you're not making, you know, income. And so let, I, I try and take them to the, the dentist and, and these things and I'll, you know, I don't know everything. And so I'm in the meeting with, you know, their pediatrician. I'm like, uh, do you have any questions? You know, like th they said this. And so it's definitely a back and forth because I don't operate like a mom does. Um, but that could be countered to be able to, so that's, that I thought was like really important that I wanted to share as a man, look for these areas that you can overextend because that's, that's the reverse has been happening for years. And I have a comfortable job. I have all these things in place. I can manage, you know, all these things. And she's not going to ask. She's not going to demand it because that's just not the nature of women um, for the most part. Again, this is stereotyping, but I, I think, and when you look at practicality, that, that to me is what it means to be a feminist is in your actions. I'm constantly looking for how can I help um, you know, my, my a partner or ex-spouse, how can I help their mom? Um, always speaking kind things about them. Um, so yeah, I, I wanted to showcase that because I think it is really, really important in a time where you could easily go into yourself and be like, well, sh you know, they don't want to be with me and I don't want to be with them. Um, that doesn't matter. They're human and they deserve all the love and happiness and support that they've given me like the only reason I have this career is because she was able to be at home with the, the kids. Right. So like we split, you know, 401k and yeah, it sucks to be able to see half of what you've done over the last decade go away. But at the same time, I wouldn't have it any other way because that's her money. That's not, I, I, I didn't earn this on my own. I think we forget those things that you are only as good as your partner's capability of of allowing you to operate at that level. And so like, yeah, she gave, you know, more than you know, she gave her career at the, you know, the first uh, what, eight years of, of our marriage was her at home, you know, trying to figure things out. So um, those are the unspoken things that don't get brought up in the divorce papers uh, or in the conversations that really look back at, at the hidden things that women do all the time and always looking to, to, to reconcile that in, in the current is the only way I think to move forward. I can't make up for what happened, nor do I, nor do I think that that's what women are expecting. They're not expecting that. They're just saying like, let's deal with where we are now and make it a better environment for all of us moving forward. Sorry, I know that was a lot that you guys were just like a fire hose, but I, I think it's really important to share. Most of the time, it's not just blatantly like, oh, we're paying you less. We're paying you 50 cents less than the men. 
most of the time that's not how it is. It, it's looking at all of the factors that play into the inequalities in the workplace between men and women. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, just like, I love that example that you used and yeah. I love how you guys have been able to work together and recognize that you do so love each other and you're providing this wonderful life for your kids and mm-hmm. still working together. And so I think that's a really good example. Yeah. I'm glad you circled back and made that point because I mean, I, I did everything Haley said, um, but it is important to think about like all the other things that we talk about, like all these big issues in feminist current events and the world in general, but it is really like the little things that are hidden that we don't think about. Yep. Well, do you want to plug for yourself a little bit? Share where our listeners can find you. <laughs> um, I don't know. I I spend most of my time, if you want to connect with me, I'd say Instagram is a great place to like DM me. I, you guys know this, like I, I'm happy to like talk with people. I genuinely am probably going to be your biggest cheerleader. It's just how I operate, how I live. Um, so everywhere is just, you know, three V, three V I E S. Um, it's French for three lives. Uh, the concept being, if you live your life intentionally, you can accomplish three lives in one lifetime. Um, so anywhere, um, Twitter is a great place to follow me. I do a lot of, uh, like pull quotes that go into my magazine that are just like nuggets of, um, wisdom that I'm thinking of or connections that I make that are end up making it into articles. And so I always feel like that's a great place. If you just want to consume positive, uh, self-growing, um, content, um, but yeah, 3v.com, you can see the magazines and then it has links to podcasts and all the other stuff. So if nothing else, uh, 3v, 3vies.com. Um, and I'm happy to chat with everybody. Yeah, we'll put that in the show notes so that everyone can easily find you. I wanted to, I wanted to just put one more thing out there. I've, I've been um, working on this like workshop mm-hmm. that I think could be really helpful for a lot of people. So naturally for me, I, I don't have problems starting things. Like that's one of my strengths is like coming out. I know we talk a lot about this, but like, I, I don't struggle to start projects and to, to get execute my ideas. And I think a lot of people when they have like, well, I want to make a change, but how do I do it? Those things come really simple to me. And I've kind of crafted this like framework or a workshop that to help people get started that I can walk through with them. Um, I haven't done it yet uh, with, with anybody I've done it like in my day job, but um, if anybody is, is like, has that sense of like, I want to make changes. I want to make something happen. Um, the, the, the workshop's kind of like um, making dreams a reality. So it's really for people that, have an idea of what they want to do, but don't know how to start. And I think there's another course that I, or workshop or like mentorship that I want to do around how to find your passion. Cause I do think that that's another thing um, that I'm good at. And I, I think I'm good at helping people with that. Just um, so those are two things. Like if you're in that state and you just need someone and looking for someone to help you, I'm, I'm, you know, maybe a couple people, like one or two, I would send through for free just to, you know, work this process, but, um, reach out. And even if it's just like to connect and ask questions, I, I spend my time like loving to connect with other people that that have questions. So I don't mean to take the time, but like, if people have that burning sensation, like how do I, how do I make dreams a reality? Um, I do think that's something that I'm great at and I would be happy to, um, to help other people with that. So if you're out there listening, all of our listeners, and you feel really inspired by this conversation, then definitely reach out because Mark will help you. Um, Thank you for sitting down and talking with us. I think that it was a great conversation and I'm really excited for everyone to hear. Absolutely. Yeah, likewise. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You guys are awesome. Thank you guys so much for listening to that interview. Special thank you to Mark for coming on the podcast. We really enjoyed speaking with you and we hope that everyone else enjoyed the interview as well. It was amazing to hear his insights and also just amazing to have another male guest on because 
he's only the second male guest that we've had on Real Talk About Feminism. So really exciting. And we hope you guys enjoyed that interview. He did want to add something that he would love his daughter to know. So I'm going to quote this. This is what he said. He said, the main takeaway I want my daughter to learn is never let the nose of other people keep you from executing your vision. I have learned in my life that brick walls are not designed to keep you out. They keep everyone else out and expose those who are ready to rise. There are moments of clarity that help determine how you want to proceed. So we just wanted to add that in. It's a great lesson. And hopefully if his daughter's out there listening someday, then um, she can learn from that. But also we can all learn from that. So be sure to follow Mark on socials and message him if you want any advice, if you just want to chat about anything. Like he said, he loves giving advice and just talking about anything and everything. So be sure to hit him up. And then as always, follow us at Real Talk About Feminism Pod on Instagram. And we do have a new website now. So we will put that in the show notes as well. But it just looks really cute and fresh and it's a great resource to you guys. So check out that website. So that was a lot for you guys to check out. It'll all be linked in the show notes if you guys just want to click on the links to follow all those socials and go check out our new website. As always, we hope you guys have a wonderful week and we'll talk to you next week. Bye.